Hey guys, Paul Reddick here. Welcome to the Baseball Dads Podcast. The world of baseball and the youth and especially the high school game is changing so rapidly. These rapid changes are bringing about a lot of confusion, a lot of frustration for today's parents that are trying to bring their son up in the game. So the purpose of this podcast is to use the experience of dads who have already gone through this journey and have navigated it successfully so we could take aim at that confusion and frustration and knock it out. We're going to talk to these dads about what they did right, about what they did wrong, what they would do more of, what they would do less of, and they're going to give you their advice for today's parents that are going through this game. So stay tuned for today's podcast. And make sure you go to BaseballDadsNewsletter.com where you can get a free trial in our monthly Baseball Dads Newsletter. So without any further delay, let's get on to today's show. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Baseball Dads Podcast. Today, our guest is Doug Carey. Doug and I uh, met virtually. Uh, he runs a blog that all, is all about parenting and um, what's going on in youth sports. So Doug, thank you for being a, a part of our Baseball Dads Podcast. podcast. Thanks, my pleasure. Tell us a little bit about, I know you coach your children, and so tell us a little bit about that, and then tell us about this blog that you've created. Sure. Um, I have a, a 15-year-old son and a 13-year-old uh, daughter, and uh, I coach them both, uh, my daughter in softball for about three years, and my son for about uh, five, six years in baseball, and uh they're both no longer playing, um, and um, but they've moved on to other activities um, since since I coached them. Um, but uh, so I still am involved uh, in the game, but uh, they're doing other things now. And um, my blog is, is uh, it just started. It's uh, focused on Central Valley. I live in Fresno, California, which is about three hours south of San Francisco. And uh, my blog is focused on parenting issues and uh, things that might be of interest to Central Valley parents, um, everything from um, news that might uh, get overlooked in the paper to just community uh, activities. Um, so um, try to spotlight things that might uh, not get covered in the local paper. So when you say you coach your kids for, you know, for three years or five years. That, that's generally where, you know, the amount of time that, that parents do get involved, you know, in, in their kids' sports. Usually they only get three to five um, uh, you know, your period. What's the biggest thing you learned during those times, especially coaching two different sports, because they really are two different worlds, even though they're similar yes. sports. Uh, a little bit of work in in, in softball, and uh, it, it really is two different worlds. Tell us what you learned. Uh, well, I started with my son in T-ball, and um, – he was a he's a natural athlete, so he was uh, it was easy to work with him directly, and um, and so things came easier for him, and so it was it was a lot of fun to watch him progress quickly um, through each level, um, and and just you know the biggest thing for us in little league was just the the transition from um, coach pitch to um, the kids pitching. Um, that was a big transition period. Whereas in softball, um, yeah, similar. We we um, had the girls pitching, um, and then if they don't get enough strikes, and the parent comes, the coach comes in and pitches. Um, right. But in terms of coaching, it's um, it's a lot more. Um, at least with the girls that that we were coaching, it's a lot more about um, just building a, a sense of community and teamwork, and um, it was almost more social. 
um, and just getting them to really, we really focused on them just having fun and at least the team that I was coaching for those three years, um, we weren't, you know, if, if there was some skill development happening, it was an added bonus. <laughs> um, it wasn't, uh, it was, our focus was really more on them having fun and it seems with baseball, and it seems like this with most of the parents I ran into, the focus is more primarily on skill development, getting them ready for that next level. You know, I'm always I'm always intrigued by by kind of the, um, you know, by that difference because obviously there's there's just more opportunity, right, for to play professionally. Um, I know Title IX kind of evened out the scholarship uh, situation. Um, how much do you feel in the difference is it, when you, you touched on something very important there is that baseball people are always kind of trying to get ready for the next level. Mm-hmm. And I always find that that kind of, it, 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 it stunts the growth almost like trying to pass a test versus trying to learn, you know, learn course material. Does that make sense? Right. No, I think that's a good point. I think that comes a lot from the parents. Um, a lot of the dads that I would work, that, that I coached with, and, and um, they, they had played the game before, so they, they, had, they felt like they were, you know, were experts, and um, they were always working with their kids, trying to get them ready for that next level. And um, in girl, in the, with the softball, we, um, we really – you know, if, if girls were focused on getting to the next level, they were probably playing club softball. They weren't playing rec softball. And um, so it was a lot, it was a different world for me. And and you're right, um, it seemed like universally, no matter the skill level in baseball, those parents were, were eager to see them progress um, and just to get them ready for majors. And also, the big distinction for me was all-stars um, in baseball little league um, there's that that carrot there to make the all-star team even at under nine under 10 years old and and I thought that was always sort of misguided um, I would much prefer that the league didn't have all-star teams especially that young and in softball we did not have all-star teams um, and I think that helped um, me as a coach you know make it more fun because we weren't you know, there weren't any individual goals. We were just having fun as a team and working together as a team. Whereas in baseball, um, that all-star carrot was pretty big for some parents and, and some kids. You know, it's funny because I, I'm always I'm always on the lookout to point out contradictions in the, in the way we coach, the way we train, versus the way we play. So we did a we did a whole thing on hitting um, last month about how you know when we teach hitting. Um, you'll hear get your swings in, get your tee work in, get your cage work in, see a lot of pitches, get a lot of swings. But in the game, you hear be patient, get your pitch, be disciplined, be selective. But we never preach that in practice. No, we right. teach it. We teach swing, swing, swing. But in the game, we expect patience, discipline, and, and the ability to select. And it's funny that, in baseball, I just want to get your opinion on, it, on how much of that, that when we preach, um, uh, you know, we hear that the kids want to be on all certain, they want to be selected, they want to be singled out. But when it comes time for the team to play uh, in games that mean something, 
we're preaching come together as a team. We're preaching unity, and we're preaching the name on the front of the jersey is more important than the name on the back. But do you find that is that the message that we're starting with, or are we, are we saying one thing, expecting them to get to the next level, improve their skills, do that? But then when it comes time to actually accomplish the things that really we remember, um, is there a disconnect there? Yeah, no, I think there is a big disconnect, and I think that starts with the coaches. I think um, one of the things that at the league that I um, when the league I coached at, they had uh, training for coaches at the beginning of the season, and it was a two-day um, series of workshops, and I thought that was really helpful. It didn't always work like they planned, but at least your your the goal is to get all the coaches sort of on the same page. This is how we're going to um, teach in this league, and and we're going to um, teach about um, teamwork and um, you know baseball is not an individual sport and we're going to you know if you want to be an individual go play golf is what I would say you know don't um, we we always try to get them you know for us to win the the 12th guy on the bench needs is going to contribute at some point and we need to it's going to take a team effort and I always preach that to the kids and um, and sometimes it took longer than others to for them to all buy in, um, but if if I was consistent with my message um, to the parents early on and to the kids, um, I usually got good buy-in for my team. Um, you know, if not by the beginning of the season, a few weeks in, um, and that came with with everything we did from um, you know from showing up on time to pregame uh, you know rituals that we did to um, you know practicing what we preach during the game about, you know, hey, we're going to, um, you know, we're going to take the first pitch. We're going to, um, you know, things like that. It just, you know, we were consistent every game. So, I, and I think that really helps is you have to be consistent as a coach. Funny you can say that. The coaches that we admire the most, Madden and the Joe Torres and the Mike Krzyzewskis and, and, and the, these coaches, that's what they deliver to us, right? We, we look at these coaches that are the institutions like Bill Belichick, and pretty much week after week, for year after year, you get the same thing from Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. You know, you get the same thing from Greg Popovich. You get you got the same thing from Joe Tortori and Joe Maddy. You get the same things from these guys. Um, it's just interesting that you brought up consistency because I, I couldn't agree with you more that, uh, you know, the, 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 if you want a, a, an environment on your team, you've got to go there first. And I've, I've worked with so many coaches that say their teams are scattered, and then I'll talk to the coach for 10 minutes, and I'll say, I know why your team's scattered, because you're scattered. You know, your team doesn't have a mission. Your team doesn't have a focus. Your team doesn't have something to hold on to, um, to be consistent with. You know, and that's, that's, that's a huge thing is, is consistency from the coaches. Um, consistency can be boring at some times, but we do see it leads to results. Is it, was well, it but, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, and especially at the youth level, I think it's very important that the kids know that they can count on you, uh, that you're not going to show up one day irate about, uh, you know, uh, some – 
um, you know, poor throw or something. They know that you're going to be consistent um, and not jump on, you know, are you a coach that's going to jump on them for every mistake or are you going to turn it into a teaching moment? And if they know that they can trust that you're going to turn it into a teaching moment, um, they're much more likely to buy into your message. Um, and so that was something that I, I tried to set the tone early every season. And I would tell parents in our first meeting every, every um, season, you know, this is who I am. I'm, I'm not going to be the guy on the side, you know, in the dugout um, yelling at your kid um, after every mistake. We're, you know, I'm more, much more likely to talk about it in the dugout at the end of the inning um, and that's just who I am. And, and if you want a coach who's going to do that, you know, I'm probably not the coach for you, and we can talk about moving you to a different team. Um, but almost uh, invariably they would, they would buy in too, and that would really help because they would then support me when, in their conversations with their kids, you know, driving home from the game and stuff. Um, so, no, I, I totally agree with you. I think the coaches that, that last and that are successful are the ones who are consistent. You know, there are coaches who flame out after two seasons because um, players just, you know, they just tune them out because it, it's too yeah. much. So I think consistency is the key. You know, it's funny because early on in my coaching career, I definitely tried to be something that I wasn't. When I was young. I was very young. I was, you know, in my early 20s. And um, I think that, that that message that you just gave there is that I'm not the guy who's going to do this. And really what you're saying is just be yourself. You know, as a coach. Right. That, and, and kids will pick up on that. I'm mm-hmm. I, I I can't think of a better word, but but I never felt like more of a fraud when I than when I was coaching teams and I was trying to be a coach that I wasn't. I was trying to be kind of a tough guy coach and kind of an in your face type of coach and a rah rah argue with the umpire coach, and I, and I could just tell that the players didn't buy into that. I could motivate them and I could scare them into playing well. But it wasn't until I got with Jack Burns, who was really my mentor, that was the second father of me, who really taught me how to be myself and that my style really wasn't, you know, um, an intense style of coaching. It was much more, um, you know, contemplative and and deliberate in in the way that I did things and not so reactive, you know. And what I learned in that moment is that you know, one of the things, the complaints I always had about my teams, right, is that they were so jumpy and so nervous, mm-hmm. you know. And, well, that's what happens when you're scared. <laughs> you know, when your, coach, yep. when your coach is just scaring you and your coach is in constant reactive mode. Um, and and it, it takes some time to, to, to you know, um, to develop that. It took me some time to develop that, at least. Right, and and the go and the players, if they if they sense you're going to jump on them every mistake, they play scared, and they play scared to make a mistake. Um, so I always wanted my teams to be relaxed, and 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 you know every coach says, hey, let's go have fun, but I I really wanted them to go out there and enjoy playing the game, um, so that they would want to come back next week and do it again and um, and play loose. And it didn't mean that they didn't make mistakes, but. Um, and that we just let it go. I mean, we we did talk about it, but we'd usually do it one on one in the dugout or things like that. We wouldn't, we would never embarrass a player or things like that. And and I think kids need to know that um, you know it's it's not about the coach. It's about the game. It's about them um, having fun. And and so that was always my message to them. So, what's the best thing you did for your kids, um, either as a parent or as a coach? Um. 
Well, as a as a parent, um, I I think the the toughest thing for me to do was um, my son had um, decided he wasn't going to play um, for the upcoming season, and it was tough for me to let that go to to sort of support him in that decision, um, and that was um, and it turned out fine because. I think a year or two later, he, he then turned to volleyball, and he's now still playing volleyball. So he found his sport. Um, but at the time, I felt like he was, um, you know, I thought he had a future in, in baseball, and I, I was so hesitant to support him because I wanted him, I didn't want him to give, give up that. And in retrospect, I probably didn't want him to give up my dream for him. And um, so, so that was tough for me to do. Um, but we did, and um, it, it worked out fine. He found another sport that he really enjoyed. Um, and I think that's a good lesson for all parents is that sometimes you really have to listen to your kids. Um, and um, and we did, and it worked out. You know, to, to me, I think that's the ultimate success. I think uh, even though this is a baseball dad podcast, I'm a baseball guy and a baseball coach. We publish baseball information, and it's been a, a great passion of my life. But I, I think it's ultimately is that we have to make sure we don't cast our children in the wrong roles. You know, if I did this right. video on our on our podcast site that, you know, if you want uh, Tom Hanks to play a Tom Cruise action-adventure role, ah, <laughs> it's, it's, I'm sure he could pull it off, but it's not going to be the right movie, even though they both are Oscar winners, and they're both named Tom, and they're both A-list celebrities. A lot of things are similar, except that one thing, is that they're just not right for the role. You know, and I think that the real success is making sure that we we give our kids opportunities so that they do land in the thing that uh, that, that I believe is their, you know, is their, what their, you know, the gifts that they're born with. Right. And that's really what we tried to do with both our kids is just try to expose them to as many activities as possible and then see which ones are a good fit for them. Um, you know, baseball is a tough sport. It's, it's, I mean, the, you hear it all the time. The best hitters, you know, are, are out seven out of ten times, you know, they're, and those are great hitters. Um, and so you have to deal, be able to deal with that failure. Um, and I think it's, it's such a great game. But it's not for everybody, and I and I respect that. And um, uh, you know, I, I respect the parents who make the decision that you know they're they're, they're going to point their kids in a different direction. You know, for us, our son sort of made that decision on his own, which is great. He he played five six years, and and he had decided that you know it was time to try a different sport. He had never tried volleyball before, and it, and it worked out. So um, you know, I just appreciate those kids who try, who are willing to try new sports and new activities and um i always want it to be a positive experience even if they play one year or five years um i still want them to look back and say hey that was i'm glad i tried that so but, but you know i when i my, my second coaching job was a guy uh named ray corn and i just i just did a video on specialization that'll come out in i don't know probably around the time this the, a week or so after this this podcast is released and he forbid the players, this was a nationally, this was Elizabeth High School, New Jersey. We were, it was a national powerhouse, ranked every year in the top 10 teams in the country. And, um, he did not want his players playing baseball year round. He forced them to 
play other sports and do other activities. He told me, he goes, I would much rather have this kid playing on the chess team than sitting around and not doing anything because they've got to, they've got to gear up for a chess match. They've got to mentally focus. They've got to compete. They've got to think. They've got to execute. They've got to do all these things and they can't, and they can't train those muscles in a batting cage with a pitching machine. They can't do that. That's something you cannot replace. And so I think I've heard this from many, many parents um, over over the years that their kids kind of moved to another sport. That how much of of them finding their sport, the foundation of it, was laid because they played different. They they did different things. Mm-hmm. You know, and I get we get we get messages all the time from parents that you know their their their, their son was a was a, a soul specialized in baseball because they made the eight new travel team, and now they're 12 years old, and they don't know what to do, or they don't know how to do it. You know what I mean? They're just kind of like, this is all they've done, and now they don't know where to go, what to do, or how to do anything. You know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a, a really troublesome situation. No, I agree. Especially, I was always amazed how early these travel teams um, start. We, my son was... I want to say eight years old, and after a game, uh, a travel coach approached us, and we were just stunned. At, like already, <laughs> it just seems so young. And and sure enough, his friends would be playing travel soccer year round or travel baseball, and it, and it and their parents were always gone every weekend, so their kids weren't around the house in the neighborhood playing. They were traveling already. Um, going to play, you know, uh, games, and, and it just seemed like a road to burnout for us. And so we did not pursue that, um, and we'd much rather have our kids do many different things. Um, but I, I agree, there's so many, uh, the worst thing for me is these high school coaches who get upset if your kid isn't focused on that their sport year-round. It, it always sort of gets at me because um, because you're right, some of these sports really complement each other, um, and, yeah. you know, I, I don't know why these high school coaches um, don't see it that way. They're just so focused on their sport, um, and I think it's healthy for these high school kids to be playing other sports, interacting with other kids, um, and they definitely, you know, the, the footwork in soccer, you can see how it, it benefits you in volleyball and, and things like that. So um, it's it's a big big thing for me as well and, and I always love when a coach um, when I hear a coach say you know hey we want you to play two sports and, and we want you to be on uh, these clubs and things like that and um, that's the type of coach that, that I really enjoy working with yeah and, and there's there's lots of uh, similarities between pitching delivery and a volleyball sort of I, we could do a whole other podcast on that yeah. <laughs> but but there are actually, we've said it many times in this podcast, there's actually an 8U national championship. So just so you know. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Um, two, two more questions. What's what's the biggest thing, what's the biggest lesson you've learned in this as a parent? Uh, the biggest lesson, you know, I don't think I would do anything differently. Um, I, I was always... Um, I'm sure you're familiar with the Positive Coaching Alliance. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's all positive coaching. I was consistent from the day I started coaching my kids that I was going to be positive, um, and um, and it didn't. Uh, you know, some parents thought I was too positive at times, and I did get feedback mm-hmm. from that sometimes. Um, but I wouldn't change a thing. I, I felt like my kids 
when they look back, and they do now, um, they my daughter is has moved on to dance. She's no longer playing softball, but she still rem- reminds she still remembers the cheer we did um, the first year she played softball um, that I had the kids do before every game, and 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 that tells me that okay, I, I did something right there because um, I, I wouldn't change any of that. I think the biggest lesson I got. Um, was just to listen to your team, listen to your players, um, and and try to get your parents to buy in. But if they don't, focus on the kids and, and keep the focus on the kids. Um, that would probably be the lesson. You know, when I talk to other dads, um, the, the other thing I tell dads is get involved. Do do don't be the dad who's just content pulling up the beach chair and or just sitting in the bleachers. Um, there's always something that the coach can have you do to be involved, um, and I'm so glad that I did. I, I was I made a point to be involved from the, the beginning. Um, I, even if it wasn't going to be a coach, I wanted to do something, and um, it turned out that I ended up coaching my my kids all the time. But it, but I was going to be involved somehow, um, and I think that's that's great. I I, I wouldn't change a thing. So. Um, yeah, fortunately, I can look back with few regrets. <laughs> well, but you know, it's very funny. Cause I used to, um, right for this year-round pitching group that I ran for for many, many years, and the night before the the, the last uh, training session of the winter, we used to play this wiffle ball game. And so kids would come into our programs, they generally stay for like four years, their high school years. So this got to be such an event that, Past players would come back and play in the wiffle ball game, hmm. and there were historical statistics. Uh, it was, there were T-shirts made for uh, each team. The kids would make their own, you know, T-shirts. And every Great. time I talked to one of the players that I coach, they they always talk about the wiffle ball game. It's like in all these years, all the things I taught you, the, the thing that they remember <laughs> was the fun of the wiffle ball games, you know, and that was the, that was the, the, uh, uh, you know, you know, kids will take away those things, um, you know, the things that stick with them are the things that, you know, they're kids, you know, that they had fun with, that they enjoyed, that they bonded with, those things will stay forever. So tell us about, um, tell us about this new website that you're doing, and then uh, um, I want to give out your information to make sure everyone can, can check out your website. Tell, so tell us what, what you got going on with the Fresno Dad website? Sure. Yeah, I, I'm at uh, the Fresno Dad website. I, I actually um, was working for the Examiner, which is like a uh, community newspaper website for, for several years, and it was based on yeah, – I wrote a lot about Fresno news um, and any news related to parenting in the Central Valley. The Examiner went away last year, so I decided to start my own blog, um, which is at wordpress.fresnodad. Uh, and um, it's just it just started, but it's um, you know there's so many websites for moms in uh, nationally, and I noticed that there wasn't one in Fresno about that catered to dads. Um, so I didn't want to make it specific to dads. I want to make it more parenting, but there is a definite um, you know the perspective comes from a dad, so it is unique in that respect. Um, and yeah, I just feel like in the blogosphere there's Dads are are sort of fall under the radar, and um, so I I feel like uh, if I can represent dads a little bit uh, <laughs> online, um, that's sort of what I'm trying to do. And and you know it's it's great to get 
uh, news about community events that, um, you know, people might overlook, um, you know, whether it's an event down at the, you know, kids event down at the art museum or, um, you know, we have the AAA Fresno Grizzlies. Um, they might be having uh, kids run around the bases, so I like to promote stuff like that. So um, a lot of things that, that dads and, and parents in general in Fresno might be interested in. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's, it's great. It's a great blog, and I think that there's lots of information, even if you're not in that Fresno area. I know you get a good post about books and stuff, uh, you know, recommended books. So I think it's a great yeah. site. So just check it out, fresnodad.wordpress.com. And, uh, Doug, any final words of wisdom for our listeners? Uh, no, I appreciate you having me on. And, and uh, I guess the final words to any new parent who is maybe overwhelmed with uh, – you know, starting Little League or softball or any youth activity is, um, you know, just get involved and and um, try to to support your kids as much as possible um, without um, turning it into a negative experience. Just, um, you know, the key word for me is always positivity. Um, and I think, as we've talked about today, is um, your kids will, that will be the biggest takeaway um, for your kids um, years later is, is that positive experience they had, the camaraderie, the teamwork, um, really life lessons, um, and that's why I love youth sports so much. So, um, so yeah, I, I appreciate you having me on. It's been great. All right. Awesome. Thanks so much, Doug. All right. Thank you. Hey, guys, it's Paul again. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. We really hope you got a lot out of it. We have so much more to come for you. And thank you so much for trusting us with your baseball education and also the development with your child. It's something that we take very seriously and really means the world to me and the rest of the staff here at Paul Rick Baseball and Baseball Dads Podcast. So thank you so much. We would love it if you would leave a five-star rating and a great review of this podcast. That's how it helps us get the word out about the podcast so that other dads can share in this information that we need so much. Also, don't forget to go to Baseball Dads Newsletter where you can get a free trial subscription in our Baseball Dads Newsletter. Again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I can't tell you what it means to us that you would tune in, and we're just loving bringing this information to you. So, again, thank you so much, and we'll see you on the next show. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I wanted to let you know I have a new book out specifically for Baseball Dads, and I would love for you to check it out. You can go to BaseballDadsBook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So again, it's BaseballDadsBook.com. Thanks.